it was very kind of influential on my confidence in my own breastfeeding. You know, when you see that you cannot get anything out with the pump, then you're like, hang on, how much is my baby really getting if I'm not able to get him out? Do I have issues with my milk supply or something? And when I, it, when it kind of uh, dawned on me that maybe it's because breast pumps don't actually do what the infants are doing, that really set me on a journey. Hi, my name is Augustine Colebrook, and I'm the principal at Midwifery Wisdom Collective. I speak on this podcast about big picture, political issues, and the future of our profession. Hey y'all, I am Jamara and I'm a midwife. I'm also a birth justice activist. And this season, I am looking forward to sharing stories of black midwives and the communities they serve. Hello, beloved birth community. I'm Angela Love, nurse midwife since 2004, preceptor and mother. I have a home birth practice called Midwife Love and a national telehealth practice called Midwife Rx. My mission is to keep birth choices available and to educate the next generation of midwives for our daughters and grandchildren. Matriarchy Now. I'm Layla Wyatt. I get to share with you the voices of student midwives from across the country and beyond. This season, we focus on those students who just graduated, are about to sit for the NARM, or did yesterday, and we get tips and tricks for you for what happens at the end of the student midwife journey. Well, welcome to the Midwifery Wisdom Podcast, Eva. I'm so excited to have you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Right. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me here. Um, yeah, so myself, I my background is actually in business. So I have a master's degree in economics. And I have been working as a project manager. I was working with EU funds for a very, very long time. Before I got pregnant, I moved to Ireland. And I've been living here with my two sons and my husband. And I suppose pregnancy and especially the breastfeeding journey was something that really, you know, it's transformational, I think, for most moms. And uh, for me, it was particularly so because I had uh, difficulties with breastfeeding. Uh, especially with the first child, you know, a, a combination of and not knowing and being stressed and really wanting to do it well, it can sometimes kind of tang- you can tangle yourself into situations that um, that are just not working perfectly. So that's that's what that that was pretty much my background. So I'm not coming from a med tech uh, background myself, but I have a good understanding of how projects pro- projects need to be kind of developed into something so I suppose that's that's where I was coming from and my husband he is in medical devices so he's oh. working in that field so I I, ha- I was always on the sideline of the of the topic I always saw what he was doing you know and uh, I remember one day when when I was breastfeeding and I was part of this Facebook group, breastfeeding support Facebook group, you know, at that time there wasn't so much around, especially here in Ireland, uh, but there was some. So I remember looking at that um, Facebook group and somebody posted a video. It was an ultrasound video of an infant suckling. And that was such a turning point for me because I never until then have I thought about what's going on in the mouth of the infant I was just like seeing my baby 
oh, he's breastfeeding so cute, but I never thought of what he's actually doing. Um, but I was using breast pumps, uh, trying to use breast pumps with very little success. And I was looking at that video thinking, wow, that's something definitely not what my breast pump is doing. You know, I can tell that much. I don't see that happening with the breast pump. And so it was very kind of, you know, this aha moment of like, how, how can this be so different? And especially that I had a lot of uh, pain when I was using breast pumps, I um, uh, and, and never really got any milk out. It was very kind of influential on my breastfeeding, uh, on my on my on my um, confidence in my own breastfeeding. You know, when you see that you cannot get anything out with the pump, then you're like, "Hang on, how much is my baby really getting? If I'm not able to get him out, do I have issues with my milk supply or something?" And when I it when it kind of uh, dawned on me that maybe it's because breast pumps don't actually do what the infants are doing. That really set me on a journey. So I started to research it first, just out of interest, you know, and then, then you deeper, you dig, you, you realize that, yeah, that there is something fundamentally not correct here. Something is not, um, uh, not the adequate way to approach our breasts. And with but the help of my husband, who was also from an engineering perspective, a medical device perspective, he was like chipping in all the time. I was like, yeah, that's not something else. He was taking one of the breast pumps apart to see exactly how what they do. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> do you have any pictures? He was like, that would go viral. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You could you could see him, you know, like hunched over on the table and the pieces and thinking yeah. like, hmm, what's going on here? Um, and then we were fortunate enough, like in Ireland, there is a great deal of support for medical device innovation. So there is a good understanding of how um, how to approach these things. So we got a small funding to test out the concept in principle, to test out whether we can create something that it's that that works like suckling, that mimics how what the infant is doing with this tongue. Now I must say, at that stage, we only knew little we only knew a little of how the tongue is moving but still we thought if we can just get the the proof of concept on this then maybe that will take us somewhere to the next 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 level well before you tell us all about what you've created which i know i'm kind of waiting with bated breath i'm so excited (laughs) to hear um i think you know our our listeners are mostly midwives and birth workers and i think like i'm very curious to know what the key difference is between sucking and suckling, like you've made that differentiation. Would you be able to explain to our listeners what you discovered? Yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, so I suppose the the biggest uh, difference is that sucking is nothing other than applying vacuum. So the only um, element that you're working with is vacuum. As the pumps are generating vacuum, they are like simple sucking machines. So they apply a high pressure negative pressure on the breast and by the law of physics the liquid is the most mobile part that in there (laughs) and the tissue of course a little bit but the liquid so the liquid starts to come out the milk starts to come out Um, that's pretty much it that's sucking and then suckling is that really complex um, uh, motion of the tongue that that developed throughout millions of years of evolution in tandem with the breast. 
So suckling and breastfeeding is, um, is an interaction. It's a function. It's a very rare, unique um, function, bodily function that only exists in interaction between the breast and the infant's intraoral cavity, mainly the tongue. Uh, uh, and um, so that, that complex motion has a few uh, functions that necessarily need to be there for it to, to work. And uh, that was, I suppose, that took the longest in our two-year research and development project to suss out, to figure out based on all these research papers and existing knowledge among lactation consultants and ultrasound imaging, what exactly are those functions that need to be in place? So what we found that the find five functions and they're pretty much, I think they are known to some extent, but not- um, Lactation consultants know it, but maybe the general yeah. public- Mm-hmm. Yeah, lactation consultants would know it, but I suppose they, they only really look at it from a perspective as well as like, yeah, this is suckling as opposed to trying to pin down what those exact things are, but some of them are common enough, like something that like a latch, latch is one of the functions that need to happen uh, for suckling to happen. Right. And it's There's a very no connection, then you can't draw it out, right? So those babies that have cleft palates, um, they can't form a full suction and therefore breastfeeding is inhibited. Yeah, exactly. That's a very good okay. example. And, and the same with tom- tongue tie. So like if you if you yes. want to look for any proof of like why, um, why it's so important that suckling, the, the suckling tongue, the motion of the suckling tongue, uh, it needs to be there for breastfeeding to happen is to, to look at um, tongue ties, for example, to see right. that if you have yep. a little bit, if, if, if the motion is a little bit compromised, the whole breastfeeding is already compromised. So right. it's, and we see that yeah. as like consultants for sure. And just a little plug, we have an incredible course called advanced lactation and oral um, exam in the newborn uh, for practitioners. And it's on the website, midwifery wisdom. Okay. Back to you. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, that's that's so handy, actually. I think because yeah. such, as you know, like these, these kind of biomechanical things inside them are you so can't important see them for because it's the physiology, right? You, yeah, it's not the anatomy per se; it's the physiology, which is so. It's the physiology. Is yeah. the motion itself? It's the function. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Is the anatomy too? If it's the tongue tie, and so learning how to examine yeah. that is so important. Yeah, yeah. My baby, actually, the first one, he was tongue tie. And uh, yeah, after it can lead to such challenges. So oh crazy. god, yeah, oh god, yeah. yeah. And then and then you you know it's always kind of somehow well for myself as a mom anyway, but I'm sure other mamas moms uh, resonate with this as well that you start to look for um, what's wrong with me, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. You know, if you don't get the right support around you to yeah. to help you through those those challenges, then then you start to doubt yourself first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, uh, so the five, five functions that we identified were the latch, uh, the positioning, like what goes where exactly in the mouth and uh, around the tongue or, or what had the tongue and the nipple and the areola kind of linked together. Uh, the sequence, what sequence and how they apply that sequence of the tongue. So I'm not just talking about, um, you know, nutritive and non-nutritive suckling, which uh, often is identified like the stimulation uh, part and the uh, expression which is yeah that exists as well of course that at the start they are faster and smaller sort of motions and towards the end they are like the deeper suction 
uh, movement. So that that sort of exists, that knowledge as well. But that what that motion is exactly the sequencing of the different parts of the tongue. What does the side of the tongue doing? What does the anterior? What does the posterior doing? And how they combine together into a dance. That's what I mean by sequencing. So we had the large depositioning, the sequencing, um, the vacuum. Yes, there is vacuum as well, but it's only one of the five. And the last one is, I'm going to figure it out now in a second. Oh yeah, compression. So there is an, an amount of compression as well that happens with the uh, with the infant that has a very significant that role job. to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. What we see there going up and down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so yeah, amazing. Yeah, so... So you you started this research because you were like something has to change, and so you yeah. got the idea to do the change yourself. Tell us about it. Well, yeah, you see, it's like after a while, I was looking up other th other things. Like, do people do this? You know, what they get frustrated about stuff and they don't do see they anybody else something? trying to. Yeah, <laughs> they don't see anybody else doing anything about it. Yeah, then yeah, you kind of end up, and then you see, like, oh, yeah, Pampers that's how Pampers was born. Oh, yeah, Alice Kitchen, a, a baby food chain that's how it was born. Frust frustrated parents can do a lot, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you became yeah. a frustrated parent to do something different. I became a frustrated parent because I really wanted to give breast milk and I struggled with the pumps, and um. I, honestly first I was like yeah let's quickly do something so I can use something else right so it was coming right. from that perspective that I could still do it while I was proceeding while that didn't happen but but what happened was our proof of concept uh, got accepted and uh, picked up by the University of Galway here in Ireland and they gave us a two-year funding for research and development a team of experts, uh, as I mentioned, um, engineers, lactation consultants. We are kind of linked here with the uh, Galway Hospital. So the university has great access to the hospital as well. So we were able to um, interview NICU staff. And so there was a great deal of knowledge that came together uh, for the purposes of this. And um, yeah, we just went deeper and deeper. We said, if we want to do this, we cannot just it wasn't about just creating yet another pump. We were like, there is fundamentally, the industry is tied down to the sucking device because everybody's doing the sucking device. So there is no real external uh, pressure to change that. And there's definitely no interest they're in- selling. They're selling. So they don't have that inspiration to do something different, right? The innovation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. There, there's just no, not that spirit there. And um, so we were- we were like, we, we want to, what we want to do is definitely go back to the basics, the foundation of how breastfeeding works. This is where the whole breast pump industry should have started, whatever, how many years ago it started, decades ago. That's where it should have started from. But obviously at that time, technology, not just an imaging and anything, nothing was ready for that, but now there is an idea. So we cannot wait any longer. Yeah, I think back to one of the first pumps, which kind of looks like a bicycle horn. Do, do you ever <laughs> see those? It's got That's like it. a flange and like a rubber pump. Oh God, so horrible. Yeah. yeah, so horrible. But the most horrible part is that it's barely much different since then, yeah. right? So there is a bit yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of wrapped so in different technology. And like, I must say, like I'm super uh, enthusiastic about uh, innovations like the wearable pumps and stuff, you know, that, that wrap that was into. Exciting. Yeah, uh-huh. That was, that was such an important change, I think. Um, <clears throat> And it's great to see that, but still 
none of them move away from the the fundamental idea of the sucking machine. So we're still talking about sucking machine, just in a more practical, wrapped into a more practical design, which is good. But we, we are talking about something fundamental. What we are fo focusing here is like... But tell us what, what you've created. Tell us about... Yeah, so what happened. I created after all this research of um, how suckling actually works and... Uh, and I must emphasize is that we, it wasn't just like we were looking at the videos and say, oh, this is how it looks. So that's what we're going to do. We, we really had to suss out what the functions are and how to replicate those functions in our breast pump. So that's what we are talking about here. We were able to kind of transfer all that um, knowledge into creating a, a, something that mimics how the infant is suckling and mimics how that works as opposed to how it looks. The reason why I'm emphasizing this because because I find it important because first we were going off from the idea of like let's just try to do something that undulates kind of the same way as the infant's tongue, but that's not enough. You need to understand why certain functions are there and what exactly they need to be doing. So that's what we did, and created what we call the Kala pump. Currently, it exists as a manual uh, pump. And we're hoping to bring that one out uh, in the fundraiser during August and September. I don't know if I'm, I can talk about that part or. Yeah, we're... you're welcome to. Yeah, this is, <laughs> no, this, it's August. It's time to, to talk about it. So tell us. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it's a Kickstarter campaign. Uh, so we are hoping that moms will come and get their own Kala manual pump that works like suckling. It truly works like suckling. Uh, it's very comfortable, super efficient. So it's like kind of way more similar to what the infant is doing. And uh, there are a few additional features to it that I'm super happy about. The One of them is it's wearable. So it's gonna, it is the same as the wearable pumps you can put in your bra and express it through there. So it's, there's a level of discretion and uh, a level of kind of practicality there. So it's the first wearable manual pump. Also, it fully expresses the milk, so I don't want it to be kind of confused with milk catchers uh, that you can, some of the milk catchers you can press once to kind of uh, release right. the additional um, or excess milk, but it's not something you can use to fully express your milk. So the color manual pump, it fully expresses the milk. And then the third one is that it one size fits all, and I'm so happy about that because that's another outcome. You see, like when you go back to how nature does things, then suddenly you realize that, oh yeah, some of the things that we are keep compensating for, like using different flange sizes with pumps, it's not an issue anymore at all. Because if you do what nature tells you and, and figured out over millions of years, then that problem resolves itself. So just because we are able to kind of create, like the same way you are able to breastfeed a newborn and you're able to breastfeed a six months old. They clearly have different sizes of mouths, right? And it's different size of flange. <laughs> yeah, and it works. Yeah. yeah. So if, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if you follow nature's way, you actually don't need different flange sizes. I mean, flange sizes at the moment with pumps, super necessary. Yeah, totally. Yes. Yes. But if you but if you do what the infant is doing, then yeah, that that problem kind of resolves so, itself. I'm so curious. I, I'm like, this is real innovation. How, how did you develop a one size fits all pump? Yeah, so um, it was very important that the tongue and the motions, what it's doing, like, uh, because we are, we are kind of doing what the tongue is doing, the, the tongue keeps the breast and the nipple and the areola in position. So if you do that uh, with the vacuum pressure, of course, that will keep everything in a, in a 
in position. So you won't you won't have that big tugging, pulling yeah, yeah, motion yeah. Yeah, 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 that exists with pumps. Mm-hmm. Um, and and because the material itself, the silicon that we use, it kind of hugs onto the areola. It hugs onto whatever size it gets, right? So whatever yeah, yeah. you put there. <laughs> yeah. It hugs around it. It's a latch, really, right? I mean, it's you a latch. A latchable bra. I mean, exactly. Inside exactly. It's amazing. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, we are too. We are too. But yeah. we, we are very dependent on moms now because, yeah. well, we have a limited amount of time. So it's only going to, the Kickstarter is only in August and September. So mm-hmm. if somebody would like to get their pump or just support us, that would be so great to support, spread the word. Uh, pledge whatever people can you know like we are we are hoping that we will get interest from from lactation consultants and partners anybody who kind of understands the struggle that moms go through with this yeah so it's only open in august and september and also we have a limited amount of pumps uh that we can kind of pre-sale there so Ah. i hope that mom's gonna visit uh, our link as soon as they can and check it out for themselves awesome Well, we are so excited um, at Midwifery Wisdom and um, what want to share this knowledge because um, midwives, we oftentimes say midwives don't just midwife moms. They also midwife the relationship. You know, they're that baby's midwife too. And um, we're there at the crucial first moments when they're meeting and learning each other. And um, I agree that that breastfeeding struggle can be the the most challenging thing. I mean, birth is challenging, but birth is 24 hours. Birth is one day, give or take a few, right? Um, This breastfeeding relationship is weeks and months and years, and it sets the foundation for how they come into relationship again and again. And if there's this frustration, pain, struggle, um, that relationship is affected. Um, it's really not a small thing. It's a very big thing. You know, I don't remember, um, maybe it was Pam England or maybe Ina Mae Gaskin who originally said like, um, really pointing to that, like man is not fed by bread alone. You know, like it's not just about the nourishment of the baby. It's also about this, um, this feeding emotional, psychological, mental connectivity in the feeding. And when that is impinged in some way, it has long lasting complications. That frustration of the baby at the breast or that frustration of the mother with a crying baby, they feed into each other. It's major from a psychosocial, psychological perspective. It's really major. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. So any way where you can kind of ease that, um that that's good and also you know like there's barely there's a very small percentage small percentage of moms especially in the U.S. that reach the six months milestone I kind of know the six months is a milestone right and then Mm -hmm. anything you can do to kind of prolong that period to to make it longer so that they can reach that six months that all adds to that this precious time they spend together yeah latched onto each other as such, yeah. you know and and creating all those little bonds and yeah yeah, um, yeah and it and it exists on biochemical level as well like all of that prolactin oxytocin um reactions that go on in the body and i'm sure there is something similar in the baby i'm not sure because i don't but i suppose the contact yeah. itself well oxytocin um, is flowing in the baby with that connection yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, how incredible that you uh, took your literal pain and transformed it into this incredible product. Um, well, it was what? it was a journey. It was a journey, yeah. I must say. And you know, like at, at every corner, we were like, "Are we sure?" You know, there is this constant feeling of like, "The must have somebody must have been done this before." It's 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 impossible. But the more you look around, the more you understand that, yeah, no, this 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 situation is stuck in its position. So we need to. So we have this this broader kind of drive that not just to bring out the pump of obviously this is the step that we are taking now, but just to completely change the mindset in the industry of like yeah you have to you have to put breastfeeding in the focus here that the, that yeah. is the focus breastfeeding not and... the milk right extracting the milk is not the focus. exactly i love that i love that's a total reframe yeah yeah a total reframe like i i i I'm, I suppose I can mention here that I'm running a podcast about this because I'm yes. I'm so yeah yeah it's called the Let Down Podcast um and and I it's love about... the double entendre there that's 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 oh. a great great double meaning <laughs> I love that oh yeah 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 and it's because that is the topic like that I feel that breastfeeding is often framed as like a oh, mother's choice and then uh, that implies that it's completely a mother's responsibility as well right Ooh. but uh, it is. Yeah, yeah, that's the underlining message yes. there, which we all kind of online yeah. with or, or get in line with, right? Even moms yeah. are like, yeah, my choice, my responsibility, but it, it is a collective responsibility. But breastfeeding only works if the circumstances are there. So that's what the podcast is about. Like, how much is it really a choice and how much is it a matter of circumstances? And yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I kind of remember how this was coming into the picture now, but yeah it's a mom need a lot of help and to reach that six months milestone we all need to put in effort and breast pumps is one of the efforts and I think they are really failing they're really letting moms down so that that is my journey and drive here is like okay let's put breastfeeding back into the middle of the breast pump industry because that will have way better outcome for the prolonged breastfeeding journeys right so that moms can yeah. reach the six months with a much better chance um what are some yeah, of the other changes that we want to see happen other sorry other like on a societal level what are some of the other changes that that need to happen i'm sure you're deep in this yeah well you know the big elephant in the room is the six months uh, parental leave the six months parental leave is is the crucial one like the actual time that you can spend at home uh with your infant because of course the u.s is at the bottom of this yeah yeah so so that would be the biggest step to take obviously i think there is still a lot like uh tiktok social media did a lot for uh the public acceptance of breastfeeding happening everywhere i think it had a positive effect on that one but i think there is still a way to go still a way to go because i suppose from the that mindset of that this is a mom's thing as opposed to this is a collective responsibility i think there is work to be done there uh oof oof yeah definitely (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Definitely. Well, I, you know, yeah, some of the things you said are really mind blowing. And, and this, this one um, is just really, it's like an earworm. I've got it now. This, this, um, this really understanding that when we, when we make it about personal choice, we imply personal responsibility. And that yeah. is just so wrong. Like that's such a powerful concept. 
it like isn't it just yeah at first I was like thinking of it as that it's like yeah it's a choice and I want to do this is like hang on now it's more like I am doing here a public health service right and and we would need the the right amount of support to be able to carry that out it's not my it's not shouldn't be understood as my responsibility it should be as understood as like um, a massive service that moms do for the health of through the their citizens, infant the, all of yeah. the citizens right like of the, the citizens the health of the country is dependent upon the ability of mothers to do this and so of course the government society the systems the institutions they have to get behind the mothers yeah yeah so, exactly. I, I actually had a, a guest recently her name is uh, dr melissa bartik and she did a uh, analysis about what are the costs of not breastfeeding on the u.s in the u.s like an annual cost and of course it turns into the billions of, of you know medical and non-medical costs infant and maternal deaths so it's like shocking how we we kind of say oh yeah breastfeeding is a healthcare priority but there isn't the system the structure that supports that you know, yeah. so it's like, one it's thing like say empty it. words, right? Empty words because empty there's no words. system to support it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. exactly wow. and actually she was pointing out something interesting that was news for me as well now this study was done in 2016 and she said ever since then she hasn't seen much change in uh how the topic is approached but in her findings uh maternal costs like the effects on the maternal health of not breastfeeding is very significant so she was kind of promoting or advocating that, you know, we, we would need to reframe uh, breastfeeding as a maternal health issue, um, yeah. a women's health issue, and, and align up the strategies around that, which is, I think, very interesting. And I definitely didn't look at it that way. I was always kind of focused on, yeah, this is an infant health uh, matter as opposed to a maternal well, women's health. Definitely. And it's, it's even more than that. Like you're saying, it's a societal health problem. Yeah. because of the lost revenue. I read a book a long time ago called The Price of Motherhood. Have you mm -hmm. seen this one? No, I uh, haven't came across that. I'm trying to remember the author. Anne, Anne Crittenden, I think is the name. Anyway, she made this fantastic correlation between um, like what happens when a soldier comes home from battle versus when a woman comes home from childbirth and the difference mm -hmm. in support, the difference in attention, the difference in services, the difference in access to resources, the, it's, it's like radically different. You know, mm -hmm. a woman in most of American society, um, a third of the time gives birth by cesarean and um, a whole another percentage of time potentially has perennial wounds, comes home from the hospital. And after a day or two of visitors <laughs> is alone yeah, with a whole new yeah. person to raise. Um, yeah. it's, it's really quite, quite shocking. And then, um, I remember specifically, she talked in her book about something called the mommy tax, which is what she's calling the lost income as a result of motherhood right for those women right and yeah 
soldiers not only get hazard pay when they're in war, but they they come home to like pensions and like lifetimes of income, right? Right. And we yeah. have lost income as a result of raising society's next generation. And that is really stark. Yeah, 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 it's true. It's true. It's it's totally accepted as like, yeah, this is what you do. You do it because you have to do it as opposed to something as a, as a service, as a, yeah, yeah. as a job, as a job. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's tremendous. And, and the GDP is affected by our choices. And so it's, it's kind of shocking that there isn't a better understanding that, that it's not about. Yeah. Although, although the flip side, though, is that if you make it public responsibility, then are you taking away personal choice? Yeah, I know it's it's a tricky question because then then what then it's a must does it is it a must or you know that's then, unacceptable as well. I, yeah. yeah, I suppose it's more about being encouraged and um, supported. Those really. who choose supported, to do it right? would be supported as like the heroes who choose to do this public health service. <laughs> well, I think anyway. I mean, we have to start with like a priorities, right? So like the first priority is like babies need to eat to live. Like that's yeah. a really calm priority, right? So like at the bare minimum, we have to support whole family systems to make sure yes. that babies are fed. Yes, exactly. And I think right now that's probably as far as at least the U.S. government has gone, right? With their women, infants, and children's programs and their free formula and stuff like that is like they're 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 at that like base place of like babies need to be fed if you can't feed your baby we have access for food right and in yeah. addition to that they've also trained a nation of breastfeeding um advocates peer yeah. peer to peer consulting support for breastfeeding as an attempt to support that choice yeah. as well yeah. right but there's so much more we could go from here and and like yeah. you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I That's think there's a lot I, of. I I I yeah. I wanted to point it out as well that there is such a great support out there. Like um, these breastfeeding advocacy groups, uh, breastfeeding support groups are just doing a tremendous job, and they are so devoted, and they yeah. really help. And it's true that peer peer help from peers and people who go through what you go through is. Is the best help I think yeah. for myself as well from my own perspective or my own experience. Yeah. But yeah, there is there is a sense of like there is a cultural change that needs yeah. to happen, and and that's a slow process. That's a slow process, but but nevertheless, that needs to go through because moms say who coming from a background where breastfeeding is not a um, not a common choice. No, yeah. it wasn't a common choice uh, by their own moms. Uh, their husbands don't really care about it. Or but then, so but then we have to pull in the piece about the the corporate influence, right? Because the reason their mothers didn't do it, and the reason that it yes. wasn't place, is because yes. of the way the capitalistic uh, corporations swooped in for profit. On swooped in, you know, yeah. like so. So yeah. it really, I mean, it comes back to like this governmental yeah. regulation and this uh this honoring 
uh, this natural process. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a multi-layered, I, I, I really have to say, I, you know, digging into this with you, it's, it's really impressive for you to be again, this mother with pain, like literally like this is not working. I'm in pain, help, right. Looking yeah. around for help. Right. And, and to transform in a very short amount of years, actually into this like literal expert who has had to draw from anatomy, physiology, psychology, <laughs> psychosocial environments, government regulations, industry standards. I mean, it's really impressive, Eva. Oh, it's it's a lot of work. There's a lot of work behind it, but uh, you know, I'm not alone. I we were really fortunate by uh, having access to all these experts, like you mentioned, regulatory. So we had regulatory experts on the team as well. So I, I, I am in a very fortunate position to be in Galway and having University of Galway behind us who, that who, where they have a great amount of knowledge about how to do this, you know, so. For sure. So that a great deal. You're, you're the spot, you're the, the fire. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I that's... am the I, I really drew a lot of energy from that frustration. All right. And, you know, some of the things really hit me much later in a sense that, I experienced pain, breast pump didn't work, but it, it took me a while after that, that I was like, oh, hang on. Yeah, I was also doubting my breastfeeding because of that, you know, and that I find mm. I find that that point for me is like, yeah, that, that's harmful even more so than, well, the pain as well and the, and the struggle. But, uh, because if you experience pain and discomfort, you are on the wrong biochemical track already. Your body is not producing oxytocin and prolactin. You are triggering adrenaline, which blocks all of that good stuff. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, so, the, so there's a compromise already on the biochemical level, but also mentally to think, to think that you don't actually have the right max supply that's bad you know that that that, that is a bad thing demoralized yeah and like i know not many i don't know how many moms experience that i don't know how many moms quite a uh, few put these two thoughts um in line with each other to think that oh because i cannot pump milk that means that i don't have milk which is totally not the case but i suppose many moms fall into the same trap as i did uh to think that yeah, I think it's quite a few. Well, yeah. since our audience is um, midwives and birth workers, um, in your study and in your exposure in this field, it, is there anything that you wish providers, birth workers knew to help mother well, mothers? I know that moms, you know, they during their during their pregnancy, that's the time when they decide. Uh, about breastfeeding or make their plans about breastfeeding. So I suppose that was those precious time. I know that we, like after birth, I'm sure there's a lot of like skin to skin, skin to skin contact, but just to emphasize as well that that part of that little process there is the moment when the baby first finds the breast and to give that the time, I'm sure it's already there. I'm, I'm sure I'm not saying anything that's news to you here. But like, just to kind of emphasize the, the significance of that precious moment and how much it will linger um, yeah. throughout and just give that confidence as much as possible to moms that, yeah, they can do it. Yeah. They can do it. And, and so hopefully that kind of translates into a longer period of, of breastfeeding. <laughs> yes, I love yeah. that. 
yeah, that golden hour, um, that, that breast crawl, that skin to skin. And I yes. really love your, your reminder that, um, to have those conversations in pregnancy because they're, they're already having those questions. And so to be a resource. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and already kind of established the thought that there is help out there. There is, there is these support groups and maybe establish that connection early during the pregnancy already, because yeah. it's harder to find it when you're in the midst of having a, a newborn yeah. and you don't even know what's going on. Yeah. Really, yeah. You it, know, and then it, try to figure out where to go if you have any issues. Yeah. And of course, that's why La Leche League has been so meaningful the globe over is because it is that peer to peer support and it's in almost every town. <laughs> They've been, yes, they are amazing. They are they amazing. Yeah. Well, we'll list some of these resources below. Eva, what um, do you want people to know about getting in touch with you, getting access to your product? Like, how, how can they follow and get involved? Well, the most important is that they go to the Kickstarter. I'm sure you're going to include the link right yes. there. Um, that is the most important. And there is the hot topic at the moment for us, August, September, limited amount of time, limited amount of pumps. We need all the support we can get because pretty much this is the only shot we have for this. So that's okay. where I would like to draw the attention. And of course, through that page, they can get in contact with us as well. And then if they, they would like to check out the podcast, we will, we can include that as well the let down podcast if that that kind of looks at the broader picture of like as i explained yeah. about breastfeeding and how we can make as a society at least the six months breastfeeding uh happen how can we help for that to happen yeah awesome well eva thank you so much for coming on sharing your it was your my pleasure wisdom. yeah thank you so much have a great thank day you. Thank, thank you thank you for having me thank bye. you bye